there. Uh, sorry, I sent you the wrong link initially behind the scenes. I uh, I was supposed to type in everything manually, and I, I misdid it, so we got it now. We're doing the recording. All good, all good. Glad to be glad to be back for round eight. Jesus. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm at a few higher rounds, but I, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, we're... We're really starting to push those numbers now. Really got really got to start looking at alternative careers. So Yeah, I I got to be a radio host. Um I don't know what your alternative plan is. Uh I don't know, maybe one day I'll actually switch to hosting the podcast instead of just being on it. That that's like the next step at this point. It's like doing my own and plugging it on your podcast like a backdoor pilot. <laughs> you just become a spin-off of this podcast and it just gets really confusing from there. The Billyverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. <laughs> oh, that's that. That's an even better. That's better than the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, right, that did was they... better than... What? Oh, I was, I was thinking, like, did they say that in the movie? Then I remember that was a Spider-Man No Way Home yeah, line. That, that, was, that was for No Way Home, not for Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, what are we going to be talking about on this episode? Well... Sir, we are going to be journeying into the multiverse for our Spacewalk No Way Home-esque review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, also starring um, the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Indeed. That's, that's, that's what we're doing today, so. Yep, I, I anticipate it'll probably be like a, maybe an hour-ish. I don't know exactly yeah, how I long. But, I don't uh, think we're going to go as long with this one as we have the other ones. There's no, I, I don't think my record has been broken yet. So <laughs> no, not yet. No, We're not going to go for nearly three hours. We're, we're not doing that. Not this time. <laughs> um, nope. uh, so you go ahead and start. What did you just to just um, summarize like the plot? Like go through the deep and then we'll give each other a little talk review. Okay, well, uh, first, I just want to say before we go to the main plot, uh, I was just going to say my general thoughts on it and go into more specifics once, uh, go once we go into it. So I thought that it was very good. Uh, I don't like it quite as much as Spider-Man No Way Home, but that's like one of my favorite movies ever, so I realized it's a little bit hard to uh, uh, pass that. Uh, it was definitely... Uh, I don't like I think the theater experience specifically I thought was in general a little bit better because there were just kind of more like funny moments. Yeah. Um, well, okay. it was mostly the case there, except like around me, there's like people eating like popcorn and a hot dog. So for the first like 10 or 15 minutes, it just smelled like popcorn and uh, and hot dog. And I didn't really like that. But I realized that's a it's a pretty specific issue to me. So I can't exactly blame movie somebody in my aisle spilled a big ass bucket of popcorn down just in front of where you were like <laughs> yeah I that was the floor and there's just popcorn all over the floor and i'm like Ugh, i'm glad i said that was here. probably the popcorn i smelled then yeah you were probably smelling them who you know they spilled their popcorn i mean it was like i make an effort like if i spill my popcorn it's like okay i'm done with the popcorn i scoop it all back into the baggie thing i put it on the floor against the seat in front of me i clean it all up side of the theater attendants can come along and just pick it up and it makes their job so much easier well that makes sense but I, I don't know if they ended up ever doing that no they did not because i oh, okay. leave after the credit scene and and there was there was, it was still all over the floor well that's a shame yeah people pay some respect to your theater attendants 
Please, please. Those people, they, you know, they're just trying to make some money. Yeah, do you think they enjoy these movies? They, they have to deal with people after they show up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, Mar- Marvel fans, like, I'm not going to knock the Marvel Cinematic Universe because art in all forms is really good. In fact, Ethan Hawke had a really, really good, thoughtful comment on on you know the, the the whole our superhero movie cinema thing but that's that's something for like another time maybe but um like you know but like marvel fans like the dedicated diehards you don't realize that there's other forms of media are like overgrown toddlers <laughs> and yeah I see what you mean and so like they, they make a mess and they throw tantrums and drastically it's like no no man. no <laughs> so yeah that's oh yeah, I guess uh, we, we're almost five minutes in. And we should maybe talk about the movie. Although in all fairness, not, not the popcorn there. on the floor. So yeah, um, your thought, your general thoughts on it. Yeah, I I thought that yeah, I guess I already mentioned I thought that it was very good. Uh, it's probably the last movie I'll see this year. I don't like plan on seeing the Thor one coming out in a couple months. I might change my mind, but it's not something I'm like really interested in to be honest. But uh, I think if it's the the second and only uh, only other movie I see besides Uncharted in theaters, and I feel like it's a, a pretty good time, I definitely recommend the people listening to this also watch it. Uh, also, just obviously we're going to spoil it, so if you haven't watched the movie, then maybe it's not the best idea to listen to this episode. I don't usually recommend to not listen to the episodes because I like getting all those numbers up, but I feel like this time it might kind of warrant that. Yeah. So well, it, it's not as game breaking as Spider-Man No Way Home in terms of spoilers. But if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, yeah, turn away because just after the six minute mark, we're getting into it. Right. So now that it's right around the six minute mark, uh, I guess the movie itself. So it opens up and there's a different Doctor Strange than the regular Doctor Strange. And there's America Chavez. She's a person who can like traverse the multiverse accidentally if she's like really scared or something. And then she opens up the star thing, the alternate universe Doctor Strange. He, he, he just gets killed like really quickly. And then uh, uh, his corpse and also uh, America go to the, the main universe. And then where are they? Well, um, if I remember correctly, it's been like a week or so since I've seen the movie, so I'm, I don't want to say anything nine too days. incorrect. I have my ticket in front of me. The ticket stuff just on my desk. It's uh, May 5th is when we saw okay, it. Okay, so nine days. Yeah, about nine days then. So I hope that my memory is pretty good. I kind of like got the Wikipedia page up just in case I forget some details. Um, but anyway, uh, th- she goes over there and there's... Doctor Strange, and he's talking to some person that was, I guess he was in the first Doctor Strange movie that I don't really remember. And uh, and they're at uh, the, the Christine Palmer's wedding to uh, some person I don't remember. And then there's this big demon monster octopus thing that's like invisible, but then Doctor Strange turns it visible, and she, it's trying to kill America, but then but then Doctor Strange and uh, and the Wong, the greatest character in cinematic history, He's show like, up and then they and then they defeat him. Yeah. So funny enough, that creature is based off uh, Shiga Gorath um, from the Marvel comics. But Shiga Gorath originally was based off you know Lovecraftian stuff. Well, there's a copyright issue with some of these with some of the Lovecraftian properties right now. So they took the name Gargantos from another Marvel villain and they slapped it on this character despite it resembling Shiga Gorath. So the creature is called 
Gargantos, but it's actually supposed to be like something completely different. Even even if it's just a one-off appearance, I find it funny that they were trying to go through all this effort to put this this particular iteration of a character into the into the movie. But yeah, I like how the like the design itself isn't even all that different from what little I've seen. But like they they can't work with it. Like the name is the issue, but the design itself is like not a problem. I don't know. It was kind of weird. At something I just thought of there. Yeah. Um, I. I thought that there was like, okay, uh, this was this was another one of the theater things. Uh, the thing that happened before the monster thing shows up, the the person who Doctor Strange is talking to, he says like, well, in the snap, uh, my my dogs they died, and then my brother, I think it was, died. I think that's yeah. what he said. I don't exactly remember. Ironically enough, like that character, I share I share a last name with that character. Um, hmm. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's, that whole scene was kind of bizarre. I think that, I think there were, there, I think they left some stuff on the cutting room floor, because a lot of the stuff he's sitting there, like, I'm, I'm not saying he's supposed to have a bigger role in the movie himself, but I feel like the things he was saying to Strange are supposed to provoke maybe a bigger emotional arc for Doctor Strange than what we got. What we got was still pretty serviceable for a sequel, but you could tell that there was probably a little more that was supposed to go on with Strange's personality and his character as a whole. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really think about it much because I, I didn't remember like who he even was. So I didn't, I just didn't really think about it anywhere, any time afterwards. Um, but someone in the, like a couple of people in the theater started like laughing when he said like his pets had died. And then once he mentioned like his brother, I think it was that had died, like a different person started laughing. That I thought that was like funny how like that's the reaction that got from a couple people. So I, I was kind of confused for like, I didn't like laugh out loud or anything, but it was kind of amusing to hear other people doing that. Cause I'm not sure if that was like meant to be a comical moment. Like I don't think it was, but a few people got that impression. Um, yeah. but I, I just thought that their reaction was funny, but, uh, at the end of the fight with the, uh, Lovecraft octopus thing, uh, like they very like graphically like pull his eye out of the rest of him. And like that, like got like a kind of like disgusted theater reaction. If I remember. Oh, the theater, yeah. That was like, a, that was, yeah, the theater, like pretty much everybody in the theater, except for like the gal I was with, was just like, Ugh! like, but it was kind of a cool, like, it, it was definitely not the goriest death I've seen for any CG creature in, in media. Like, I've watched Pacific Rim, okay? Like, there are worse. Right, I guess it's just a little bit weird for the, the Marvel movies like that to do something like that, well, but I, I thought that... Sam Raimi directed this movie, and Sam Raimi came from horror and, you know, thrillers, and I knew going into this movie... The fact that Sam Raimi was directing, like Marvel's gonna let him do what he wants to do. So if he wants to make a bit of a bit of a bloodthirsty PG-13 movie, well, you bet he's gonna make a bit of a bloodthirsty PG-13 movie. You know? Yeah, I am. I am glad. Like, I, I want to talk a, like a little bit more about this, like towards like the ending of the plot summary kind of thing. I do really like what he he did overall. So I, I thought that this that specific moment was like kind of cool even though it was a little bit different like in terms of it's like graphical level than other things but i thought it was nice yeah. um let's see what happens afterwards is it right after that they meet uh, yeah it's afterwards that they uh officially meet america and they talk with her about uh like what she can do and the fact that she's from a different universe and then they they show her the corpse of the other doctor strange right yeah they do 
Okay. And then, and then, well, and then they bury it in a, on, on the, the like magically bury it on a rooftop, and it because that becomes important later. Yeah, I, I thought that was like kind of weird. I mean, like it was kind of funny too how they they just saw a corpse like, well, I mean, let, let's just put it in the in the building. Like, like what's the worst that can well, realistically happen? Well, I think I, th I think it was Doctor Strange or Wong who makes the comment like that's a that's a health and safety violation or something like that <laughs> as, as they do it. So like they were very much aware of what they were doing, but they just had to get the body out of the way. Like he could open up portals. Like why couldn't he just open it up to like a more proper spot that doesn't have like people around it? I don't why, know. Why I just... couldn't he just dump the body in the Arctic Ocean? I mean, it's gonna get <laughs> preserved. You know. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. It's just it's just a kind of weird, funny moment, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's see. After that, what happens? Uh, Doctor Strange is like, I'm gonna go see Wanda, and then he goes to see her, and then she's like. I made this forest a different way, and you know what? I'm gonna change it back to red, and then it, it's revealed that she has the uh, the dark hold, which is like a magic book, but it's like a bad magic book. Let me let me let me shape this up and re-narrow the details here, so that way people kind of understand. Um, <laughs> so Doctor Strange goes to see Wanda, and at first it's like a friendly conversation. Like Wanda's all like, "Yeah, I've given up the magic, and and I'm just you know I'm, I'm making apples. You know these are gonna go apples someday, right?" Well, her and Doctor Strange get to talking, and Doctor Strange is like, I kind of need your help to save this girl. Well, at no point in the conversation does Doctor Strange name America Chavez directly. He's very vague, uses the pronouns. And then Wanda is walking away, and she says, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to help you with America. And that's when the gig is up. Like, Doctor Strange goes, she, she kind of stops and goes, I didn't say her name, you didn't say her name to me, did you? And he's like, no, I didn't. And so she's like, moves her hand and this whole beautiful apple orchard she in just turns into this fuck, like wasteland from the pit of hell and um and, that, and that's when it's kind of revealed that yeah she's in possession of this of the book if you've seen wandavision it's the book she has that agatha had it corrupted agatha wanda came into possession of it wanda was corrupted by it and she'd been learning how to traverse the multiverse through it in different ways obviously summoning creatures in the area between universes and so on and so forth and the dark hold corrupts every user with their desires slowly but surely and the dark hold has corrupted her because she wants to see her kids from wandavision again even though those kids weren't real so yeah she's insane she's nuts she's crazy here's your plot twist wanda's the villain oh no well i guess i already knew that <laughs> yeah, yeah you, uh. you knew that you knew that but you hey you know what you could be shocked for the shock value yeah, I, I am surprised at this information. I already knew. <laughs> no, but um, I thought that like I I see some like or I've seen some complaints online about like saying that like she wasn't like as established as a villain, and it was like a really quick kind of turn from being a heroic character in the other movies. I feel like that kind of gets like explained through like well the dark hold messing with people's mind, and like that's kind of one of the reasons why she doesn't mind killing as much in this movie as in other like things in the past so i feel like that's like a kind of a quick explanation but it doesn't make sense within the movie so i don't really have too much of a problem with it uh one thing i did want to ask uh your opinion on this uh this is like not something in this specific scene just like in general uh, i kind of find it weird that uh her children like in the alternate universes that she dreamwalks to or she sends her consciousness into other versions of her 
like I noticed that the kids don't have their powers from WandaVision and in all the alternate universes like Vision isn't in any of them like oh, yeah. I kind of find that kind of weird like do you have any like ideas on that or any opinion at all well I see this is where you take the fine needle that is pl that that is the great plot hole maker <laughs> and you start poking holes in the script this is, I think this is probably one of the few things I would knock the writing... I, this is probably one of the few things I would knock the writing of the movie on, is there's a handful of easy solutions to Wanda's conundrum. Find a universe where the kids are orphans. Find a universe where they have their dad, but not Wanda. Or, better yet, you learn how to create... You know, you, you created trees with the dark hole to keep up your illusion. That's creating life. Go find an empty patch of land and make a new version of Westview and just live your life there. Like you did in WandaVision, just in nothing else. You don't need to brainwash people. You've clearly moved past that by being able to create, you know, even a rudimentary form of life, like a plant. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I think that it is a little bit weird how, like, that doesn't come up, as far as I can remember. Um, I was I was thinking like I guess like with the whole powers thing like that would be a more specific thing to WandaVision that they had in the show like since they weren't like real children like that kind of explains why they are different because they're like a magic construct and thus don't have to be limited by like the fact that people don't have like super speed or whatever it is they had there. Uh, but I find it weird how like Vision wasn't in any of them, or like like not even a father figure, not even just him specifically. Yeah. So that was kind of weird, and it's like one of the only things I really don't think like the movie did too well. Um, I mean, maybe but, maybe this Wanda, like maybe the okay, like maybe the Wanda and the University Dreamwalks too to absolutely butcher this other group of heroes who we'll get to in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe that Wanda conjured the children out of nothing with her magic. That's, you know, that's you possible. Know, I don't know. I mean? It's like found a more peaceful way to go insane. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry, but this after WandaVision, like you can't honestly expect me to feel bad for for Scarlet Witch. She brainwashed an entire town, traumatized all those people. We can like, sure, she did the right thing at the end, but you can't. That doesn't undo the mistakes she did. So I guess, I guess, in a way, being corrupted by the dark hold and being driven to well madness. Dun, 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 is like <laughs> the I guess it's like her penance. You know? <laughs> That's like the sixth thing wrong with her. Like there's still quite a few other things. Oh yeah, before. no, she and she's done nothing. Like she has done nothing to warrant my sympathy after WandaVision. Like I, she, I found her an awesome character. Like Endgame, everywhere she was awesome. I would have loved a standalone Scarlet Witch movie. But like, but like after WandaVision, it's like yeah, you're 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 not good. You're like the person they chain up and then like they pull out if you need them. Like you're just insanely powerful, but you're not trustworthy. Yeah, I don't, I think that'll probably happen like a few years, like some Avengers movie. I'm sure that like thing will probably happen, but I guess we'll just kind of have to wait for a, like a few more years to see if that ever happens. But th that's like kind of more at the end of the plot rather than now, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh let's see uh did you have anything else on that like specific like topic or should we just move on with the other parts um, of the plot probably move on we're already grazing 20 minutes here <laughs> yeah uh let's see so what happens afterwards uh she's like i'm gonna get her and dr strange's like no and then they go to the uh, camartage and then 
they have like the mystic arts people there and they try to get Wanda to not like kill them and take her and it doesn't work out and then she starts like killing a lot of them and then like they eventually go like they're trapped in this room i don't exactly know how this happens but like she gets like stuck in this like mirror like room and then she somehow travels into their room based on like their reflection which i guess like a mirror that kind of makes sense Magic. but um she has this like really weird entrance from like this bell like gong or something like that like like almost out of like Evil Dead where it's like the limbs are like kind of contorting as oh, she yeah. goes out. That, that that is like the first major glimpse of horror we got in the movie it was the way she came out of that gong, out of the reflection of it was just oh like it was cool, don't get me wrong, but that was like the first taste of Sam Raimi in this movie. Like that was the directorial style coming through. That was, you know, his vision coming to life. Yeah, I think that's what's unique about this. This is what makes Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness unique compared to other movies that have come recently in the MCU is the MCU has a particular formula they stick to that's pretty tried, true, and works out for each movie. Um, most directors, for the most part, don't get the flex too much of their own style within these films. This is a movie where the director outshined the Marvel formula. It's still a little rocky, but it worked. Yeah, I think that, like, honestly, I think that the Sam Raimi's, like, directing, like, especially with just the, the camera's movement in general, I think is probably, like, the most unique, and I think like, just one of the best things about the movie, just, like, from beginning to end, because there's, like, some, like, weird, like, slow plot moments and some weird story things that don't always make sense, but, like, the cinematography and everything like that is, like, consistently great from, like, beginning to end, yeah. and I feel like that's something that, uh, like doesn't ever get like old in the movie so I think that's definitely uh, great like just to watch the, just for that alone even it's definitely worth it so um, I don't know if he's going to be like returning to any like more movies but I would definitely be happy if he did because it would just yeah it would just be a definitely unique to see like regardless of what the plot is that happening in whatever movie that he may or may not direct I don't know um Let's see. I guess at this point in the story, they uh, like they they try to Wong stop Wanda still, and then Wong and then they they flee into the multiverse. Yeah, they go through a whole bunch of like different universes, and they eventually land in this like futuristic one, where well, oh, Wong specifically isn't, but Doctor Strange and America are there, and they go Not the through whole United States of America, just America Chavez. Yeah, it is kind of like a weird to explain, like since the movie takes place in like an alternate America, there's a character named America, but like, I guess you kind of get what I mean. Like, unless you haven't watched the movie, then it's not going to make quite as much sense. Yeah. Um, let's see, they go through there and they just kind of have to learn about like the different ideas of like what is and isn't comparable, like to their world like the the red meaning go on a stoplight or something weird like that well like weird comparatively i guess pizza papa <laughs> oh yeah that, i was just about to mention uh besides wong the new greatest cinematic universe character uh starred by bruce campbell himself the pizza I, papa when i heard he was going to be in this movie and Sam Raimi was directing it. I knew it wasn't going to be a big role, but I didn't care. It jumped to the top of my must-see list. I I love Bruce Campbell, dude. I love him so much. 
Yeah, he, he usually does like a lot of like cameos and a bunch of Sam Raimi stuff, or just like the main thing in like Evil Dead, for example. Uh, I know he was in like the Spider-Man, like Sam Raimi trilogy as like different characters there, but he has a, like a pretty funny thing where he just like beats himself up because he gets like Doctor Strange does something to him that just makes one of his hands like, attack him, kind of like an Evil Dead too, but he doesn't yeah. get like possessed by it exactly i noticed that immediately and i was like that's a reference to evil dead that's the evil dead reference right there yeah i do wish like that they somehow managed to you know in evil dead 2 where he does that like 360 degree flip and just like lands on his face like i kind of wish they would have done that and i was thinking about that like right as it was happening i was a little upset that that didn't happen but i thought that like the just like the idea of him just beating himself up like that was kind of good enough so I don't mind. I was definitely happy to see him. Uh, once that was the case, once I knew he was there, there there wasn't a lot of other like characters I was like really wanting to be there that weren't already there besides him. So I'm happy he showed up regardless. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. What happens after that is uh, they go to they see this like statue of Doctor Strange in that world had died, and they see Carl Mordo who's there, and then he's actually like happy to see them. Which it kind of is weird because, like, at the end of the first Doctor Strange movie, that universe's Mordo, um, he gets like he's upset at Doctor he's Strange's action. Hmm? He's disillusioned with the sorcerers. Like he he decides, I want to kill all the sorcerers. I want them gone. There's too many of them. Yeah, the, like the problem here, like for me at least, is that like kind of doesn't go anywhere because this isn't the same character yeah. exactly. Make so I feel sense. like it doesn't like serve any real point. Like, like okay, okay, not that it doesn't serve any point. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't like it serves a point within this movie, but it it doesn't change anything about the ending of the first Doctor Strange movie. There's a passing reference to to. I guess the I mean now that we know what number this the MCU Earth is to Earth six one six Mordo. There is mm-hmm. one passing reference to him about how he went insane or how he's like decided he hates sorcerers and became Doctor Strange's mortal enemy. They make a passing reference to him, and that's it. So anybody who came to this movie looking for like any plot resolution, the first one, you don't get it. Yeah, I didn't really like care all that much, but I can kind of see how other people might not be as happy to see it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, I was I was like a little bit hoping for some version of I don't know his name, but the character that Mads Mikkelsen played, like the villain at the end. Okay, or, like, in, okay yeah, I was kind of hoping he would show up and do something. I mean, he didn't, which I wasn't like that upset about that since I wasn't sure what that character would even do exactly. I just yeah. kind of hope that they would have, like, referenced him or did something with that. But, like, it, it's it's fine they didn't, I guess. Um, but then they they capture America and Doctor Strange. And then they get stuck in these, like, cubicle rooms. And after a little bit, they see these, like, Ultron robots. Which kind of makes me think that, like, whatever, like, happened in that universe... Like, I guess the events of Age of Ultron, like, whatever happened, it was a lot more favorable compared to Ultron, like, trying to kill all of humanity, where they managed to get... hmm? I think the difference between... I I think I know why the Ultron bots turned out well, and I'll explain once you introduce the characters that are coming up. Okay. Well, yeah, they they show up, and, like, I guess they don't really have that much of a role, um, but they are there, I guess. 
uh, they, they bring Doctor Strange over to the members of the Illuminati, and then they, they get introduced one by one. Uh, should we just, like, go over, like, each, like, I could, one in order? I could, the, I could list them all and tell you exactly what their powers are. I could do it. Right okay. Now. Okay, so... The first member that's introduced in is Carl Mordo. He's filling it. We see him beforehand. He he brings Strange in, gets the you know gets them imprisoned through Sleep Tea. Um, he's filling in for Doctor Strange on this council. In fact, Doctor Strange of our like goads him into a fight later on to free himself from the cuffs by saying that this Carl Mordo probably conspired to have Doctor Strange killed on this Earth so that he could take his spot on the Illuminati as the world's most powerful sorcerer. Which is a really great way to go to someone who already hates you in every universe to try and fight you, <laughs> call him out on his, you know, on his deal. So, um, Carl Mordo is the first one introduced, although sort of indirect, and he's more filling in. I don't think he's an official member. Um, the second member that is introduced is um, Peggy Carter, Captain Carter from What If, the alternative version of uh, Captain America. Instead, it's Peggy Carter who gets the Super Soldier Serum. She becomes. Super World's Greatest Super Soldier, where's the Union Jack instead of a star. Um, all around cool. And they got Haley Atwell to come in and do it. And I, fucking, I love Haley Atwell, so she's awesome. Yeah. And then the next member introduced after that is Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel. And she is played by Lashana Lynch, who we talked about in No Time to Die, playing the new 007. Um, she was also in the first Captain Marvel as Captain Marvel's best friend. In this universe, she wears a black and silver Captain Marvel suit, um, and she's a member of the Illuminati, and she's awesome, and I, I would rather, like, I, I didn't know how much I wanted a Lashana Lynch Captain Marvel movie until I saw her, like, in this movie. I was like, yeah, I, I would watch that. <laughs> I would actually watch that over what we got. Hmm. Um, introduced after that is Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans, um, played by Anson Mount. He gets to reprise his role from a god-awful horrible no good marvel can never film in hawaii again um tv series from back in the day called inhumans from about yeah, five I, years I kinda, ago. yeah i, I kind of liked how like in the theater once it got to him uh i found it amusing that like nobody like seemed to like react to him I like did. including me yeah i i didn't know what like he was it's like since i have never seen yeah. uh anything show, of inhumans the show okay the show is bad Black Bolt is awesome in the comics. Like, he's a great character. The humans in the comics are used beautifully. The show is awful. Okay, I mean, even ABC, who normally drags shows out into a second season before deciding to give him the old yeller treatment. Yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't make it to a second season. The show had, like, eight episodes, eight to ten episodes, and then then, then they, they, they took it out back, you know, put it to bed, buried it a little bit deeper than most other shows, and then put, like, a radiological don't dig this up sign over the grave. And then just cut the ground out, warped it to another universe. And then in that universe, they encased it in tungsten and dropped it to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Nice. That's where Inhumans ended up. Okay, the show is awful. Anson Mount's portrayal of Black Bolt is the only good thing about that show. Everything else was garbage. Everything. Um, now, Black Bolt, he can't talk. Um, his voice is... Even the slightest whisper or gasp is so powerful that it could... Well, in the comics, at least, it could destroy, like, entire cities. Like, if he full-on, like, screamed as loud as he could, he would probably blow up, like, the solar system. <laughs> He's ridiculously powerful, and he could never speak, like, not so much as a gasp, or even a loud exhale out of his mouth. He'd only, like, you know, 
he can I think he could push air out of his nose okay. But like if, if like something left his mouth and it was vocalized in any way, yeah, whatever's in front of him is gone. He killed his parents <laughs> and drove his brother insane with one whisper from his voice. By accident. <laughs> so Black Bolt's there. He's awesome. I love Black Bolt. And Anton Mount, check him out in Strange New Worlds. That's on Paramount Plus, it's great. Um, after that, we're introduced to uh, originally a fan casting that has been floating around the internet for three to four years now. Introduced for realsies, um, proclaimed as the smartest man alive by Carl Mordo, although that gets quickly unfounded later on here. <laughs> um, John Krasinski enters as Dr. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, who exists on Earth 838. And I'm just saying, I'm happy the Fantastic Four are finally on screen for the first time. Like, properly, in a blue suit, for the first time in almost, like, almost 20 years. Um, no, I don't count the 2015 movie. That 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 is a little... that That is buried deeper than Inhumans. Like, that went through a couple different Earths. And then, like, it hit the bottom of the Marianas Trench. And they decided they'd just rather shoot into the sun instead. <laughs> so that's where that ended up. Um... So, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, Anson Mount as a properly costumed Black Bolt, mask um, tuning fork and everything, Maria Rambo, Peggy Carter as Captain Carter, and then we get introduced to our final member of the Illuminati. I know, right? Dude, I heard that music, I got hype. Um, in his gold chair, green suit, full glory, Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier, and I mean that the theater actually got loud for that one. That was it was not crazy loud, not like Spider-Man loud. Like I was there at the at the first showing in No Way Home. That was mm-hmm. bonkers. But the theater like there's still a pretty good uproar for for Patrick Stewart coming on screen, and there was still a pretty good like there was a good cheer for Mister Fantastic. But Patrick Stewart's you know Xavier got the loudest pop, I guess I could say at the night. Um, I'll take the reins here for a little bit, so you can kind of brush up on the last like third of the movie or whatever. Oh, um, um, I actually, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go over the plot. I was, I just wanted to like mention a couple things that I had like opinions on about just the characters in the Illuminati. If that was all good, yeah, go for it. Okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is now that I think about it. Um, okay, so with all the like six characters that showed up there, um, I found it like a little bit weird like okay i thought that it was cool that they they got something good from the inhuman series even though i didn't know what it was until i looked it up like a few hours after i watched the movie and that was kind of interesting i thought that it was also really cool to see like an official fantastic four character in the series since that hasn't like happened yet yeah that's huge i guess it has now they're they're Um, extremely important in the comics so it's really important that they got one on screen Yep, I kind of thought that it was odd how they didn't, like, introduce the Fantastic Four in the Fantastic Four movie that's supposed to be out in a couple years. But, I like, not that I'm complaining or anything, I just found that it was amusing how that, like, didn't occur. Uh, for Charles Xavier, I thought that it was also, well, of course, really cool how they introduced him. Um, I was, like, before I watched the movie, I was kind of wondering if they were just characters that had existed in their own universes, like, separately, that just kind of gotten pulled from that into here. Um, turns out that wasn't the case. Like, all of these characters are native to this specific universe, so this isn't the Charles Xavier of, like, the X-Men. Yeah, uh, uh, not of, yeah, not of Fox's X-Men, not of, um, 
And then, you know, Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic obviously hasn't been seen, but he's not traversing the multiverse. This Maria Rambo is from this Earth. This Captain Carter is from this Earth. It's pretty sweet. Yep. I do uh, I do find it amusing that even though, like, it's not connected to all those, like, they did, uh, from what I looked up, they did have, like, a specific line from X-Men Days of Future Past that Charles said, like, word for word. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't recognize it at the time. It was something like just because uh, someone has lost their way doesn't mean they cannot be found. So, something like I, I don't exactly know no. what it was, but it was something to that degree. Um, I was kind of glad they at least referenced a movie from the X Men like movies besides just having Patrick Stewart as him again, of course. Um, I kind of found that despite like their importance and like how cool it was to see some of them, that they were a little bit underutilized. Um, which way. I know you said like, you're gonna do like I'm sorry, what you say? That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to like do too much because like you said you wanted to do like the plot part of yeah. this. Um, like it, I found it weird how uh, okay Peggy Carter and Maria Rambo like they both only have like a few lines uh, that they speak. Like I don't think they get more than like maybe five lines total in the whole movie. Yeah, but Peggy uh, Carter drops the sickest Captain America reference. Yeah, that at least was pretty cool. But I don't think that there's like they didn't do a lot with it because. Um, like, I guess for, like, Black Bolt specifically, it makes sense that he doesn't talk because of his power, so I can excuse that. Um, but I just felt like they weren't, uh, like, were... I don't even know how to explain... I guess if you just want to explain the plot, like, that'll explain it better than what I have yeah, to say. because what happens next is um, pretty, pretty heart-wrenching. First of all, one of the coolest thriller-slash-horror sequences, I would argue, in a Marvel movie to date... Um, Wanda dreamwalks into this other world and this other Wanda's going around her house and just like she's like this other Wanda's slowly creeping into her reality so she's hallucinating things like she looks through a cup of coffee and the coffee's replaced with like ocean waves down there um she looks into a picture of herself and her kids at one point and the Wanda in the picture just straight up looks at her and then her eyes like glow red for a moment and then she like looks out a window in her kitchen and then she looks right at the camera for a few seconds nothing happens she just looks at the camera and then her kids call for her and she goes to her kids um they have a moment and then she i gotta go do something that uh, flies away meanwhile dr strange is getting grilled by the illuminati and the illuminati are he's trying to tell them hey wanda's coming she's a threat she's corrupted by the dark hole she could rewrite reality at will um and, and the Illuminati, however, are distrusting because the Doctor Strange of their universe, whom Carl Wardo is filling in for, got corrupted by the Darkhold as well. But he died nobly because he used the powers of the Darkhold to kill Thanos on Titan, so he never snapped his fingers. And then he allowed Black Bolt to kill him because he knew he was too far gone. Heartbreaking scene, and it was really cool to see Black Bolt's powers properly utilized and animated on screen really cool um because that's the only time you're going to see him because what happens next is heartbreaking they continue to talk um dr strange is trying to get around this whole hiccup that they consider dr strange the greatest threat to the multiverse um patrick stewart's charles xavier is the only one seemingly vouching for him because he can you know look into minds and he has hope he believes in people that's his thing that's his shtick even even captain carter i feel like was a little out of character i feel like any character who picks up the vibranium shield 
you know, who is a super soldier on these teams. They've always, even in the comics, they've always seen the best in people. So it's a little weird that this Captain Carter was just a little a little more distant. Um, but I'll, that's probably the only mischaracterization I would argue happened on the um, on the on the Illuminati, because even Reed Richards is arrogant right out of the comic books. Um, eventually, Wanda shows up at the Illuminati headquarters. BTFOs, the, the the Ultron bots. Which, by the way, I want to explain this real quick. I think they didn't fail because in this universe, Reed Richards is the one who created them, and Reed Richards is like miles smarter and less like stupid than Tony Stark. Not saying Tony Stark's dumb, but like he's an engineer. Reed Richards just kind of has contingencies and thinks things through before he does them, but he'll still run his mouth because he's an idiot. It's it's weird to explain, but I feel like Reed Richards being a far smarter individual, a far more, I guess, intelligent, perceptive individual, aware of issues and shortcomings, probably adjusted for, you know, the things that went wrong with Ultron and did it right the first time. Anyways, she kills a lot of the Ultron bots, shows up in the main quarters of the Illuminati HQ. Meanwhile, America's still banging on the inside of her cell. Doctor Strange is still being held in the in the Illuminati meeting room. So as Wanda's walking into this main corridor, Captain Carter, Black Bolt, Captain Marvel, and Mr. Fantastic meet her in the lobby. Okay. Charles Xavier kind of meanders off to go do something else because, you know, he can't really fight. Um, and then Carl Wardo, because of his, you know, Doctor Strange hate boner, is just in this in this hall where they were meeting just talking mad shit about Doctor Strange to his face okay so that's where everybody goes in the lobby Wanda faces off with Mr. Fantastic she's like do you have kids he's like yeah I do and she's like good there will be somebody to raise them she's pretty much implying she's going to absolutely kill him um Mr. Fantastic, being the arrogant fool he is, decides that conflict is inevitable, and so he decides to try and intimidate Wanda. He goes, Wanda, Black Bull can destroy you with one whisper from his mouth. And she just kind of looks at Black Bull, who's already intaken a breath to get ready to say something, to let out a sound, to just disintegrate her ass. She just, you know, with her reality warping powers, looks right at Black Bull and goes, what mouth? Black Bull's mouth gets matrixed. Okay, his, his <laughs> mouth, the exit is gone. His teeth and stuff, his jaw movements are still animated. So you know his mouth is still there. It just he no longer has the lips. He no longer has the exit. And all that air is in there and it's gotta come out. You know, that he's already revving up his you know, and he freaks out and he is and you know, his fear is so strong he can't control his voice. So his voice ricochets off the inside of his skull, pops it pop literally pops the top of his skull off. It's held together by his by his like cowl. And then he like he collapses. He's dead. Like blood comes out of his like drips out of his nose. His eyes go like dark bloodshot. He's dead instantly. Like a like a brain aneurysm that literally blows up your brain. He's dead. And this is shown like on screen. All right. Like this is the darkest MCU movie to date, bar none. Screw the ending of Infinity War. This is bad. Reed Richards, the arrogant fool, turns and sends a hand out to try and like fight Wanda. Right. Stretches that out. Wanda turns him into cheddar cheese, starts, like, casting a hex on all of his limbs. His limbs start, like, he's stretching out to keep it from going up his body, but his limbs, like, the, the patches of rubberized reed are just getting, like, flayed off and laying on the ground. He's starting to look like, like, uh, sliced cheese at this point, or, um, you know, the cheese that you, like, pull. String cheese. String cheese. Thank you. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, come, I couldn't come up with it. Um, finally gets to his head, he screams, his head pops on screen. 
that's pretty, you know, so again, two brutal deaths, right? Captain Carter and Captain Marvel throw down with Wanda for a little bit. Um, Wanda gets Captain Marvel kind of indisposed of just for a moment and gets a one-on-one with Captain Carter. She knocks Captain Carter down. Captain Carter gets up and goes, Wanda goes, haven't you had enough? And Captain Carter goes, I could do this all day. And of course, the, you know, the theater actually did a little... When she said that, we, we all love references to our boy Steve. But speeding this up, um, she throws her shield at Wanda. Wanda grabs it, turns around, sends it back at full power, cuts Captain Carter in half with her own shield. Um, and then Captain Marvel goes to fight Wanda. They match up with their powers for it. Wanda starts chipping away with her reality powers, chips away Captain Marvel's power, drains her of her power. She, Captain Marvel lands under a statue really weak. Wanda brings the statue down on top of Captain Marvel and crushes him to death. Four members of the Illuminati dead. Oh, and this whole fight scene happens in about four minutes, maybe less. Like I think it's quite a bit less, actually. I think, I think it's like three minutes, fifteen seconds, or something like that. It's, I, it's, it's like if we include, like, most of it is talking. Most of it is the dialogue at the start. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I think that some of it is actually. I think the the Mordo and Doctor Strange fight like also happens like in the middle yeah. of it. So yeah, that's, that's going on too. But the Mordo Doctor Strange tries. Doctor Strange basically goads Mordo into fighting him. So Mordo cuts his restraint. Strange manages to get around him and escape. Mordo decides not to shift after him because Mordo knows better. Um, so Doctor Strange runs back to the cells to free America Chavez. Um, Wanda's bearing down on them. Christine Palmer helps. America Chavez kind of low-key figures out she can punch through things with her power um, during this scene, but it's not really a full effect yet. It will be used heavily at the end. Um, Wanda starts showing up. Doctor Strange shows up. Like, he wheels in behind her, enters her mind, starts looking for the Wanda that's, you know, trapped inside this body, whose body's being used by the Wanda from our universe. He goes to save her. This red cloud in the mindscape creeps up on them. And then the Wanda from our universe in the mindscape shows up and snaps Doctor Strange's neck, or not Doctor Strange's neck, Xavier's neck in the mindscape, kills Xavier. He's dead in real life now. Um, everybody escapes. There's this long tunnel chase sequence. They're trying different doors. I don't know why they're just not like, uh, but they, I, think, I think there was, some, there was like an escape that they could have used, but they just didn't. But um, and they all the way to the end. They used the uh, watch that Christine gave Doctor Strange in the first movie. It's actually, like, it was used by this Doctor Strange as a key to, like, quickly enter the multiverse. Like, he had a door set up, like, as a waypoint. So they could enter the area where the book of, uh, not the book of Cagliostro. That's from the first book. Um, Vishanti. The book of Vishanti is, it's like a waypoint right to it in case the Darkhold ever got out of hand. Um, They go to get to it. Wanda chases them through the door. They get their hands on the book, but Wanda burns the book. And that book is the only counter to the Darkhold. And then Wanda sends Doctor Strange into another universe that got corrupted and destroyed by an incursion, which is two, which is like events from another multiverse affecting a different, like a different universe. And then like just basically destroying it, ending all of reality. Um, and then she takes America back to the tower on top of Mount Wondagore on our Earth on MCU Earth, which, by the way, Mount Wondegore, although not a tower in the comics, is the birthplace of the Maximoff twins in the comics. They were born to two gypsy parents on that mountain. So that's a pretty, it was a pretty neat metaphor to see that there. Or a pretty neat reference. I caught that as soon as they mentioned the mountain, too. By, by the way, she took um, Wong there earlier in the movie. That's where she was dreamwalking from. Um, 
Wong, they've been there the whole movie. They kind of got there. It's not really an important scene because that just kind of sets. It's basically like the evil villain lair sets up the baseline. It's a it's a gloss over detail. Um, Doctor Strange ends up in this other universe. Um, he, him and Christine end up in this like horrible and ruined dimension. They go to the Bleecker Street place. His, you know, they go to the uh, Sanctum Sanctorum of this Earth and sinister strange i guess is there and like him and dr strange really kind of talk you know they talk about what happened and he tries to get the try to borrow the dark hold so he can you know go to his universe and dr strange of this earth is like nope nope not gonna happen so they fight using sheet music by the way which the audio in this scene is perfect like i don't know if you heard it billy but like that shot where it's held onto our Doctor Strange will like the beam goes off screen, and then the audio actually followed it to the right side of the theater. Like, yeah, I didn't was... quite get that specific detail. Yeah, um... I heard it. My ears picked that up because it was actually I like it's like the fifth, it's like a fifth symphony or something, and it's like something number five in E minor or something versus like another classical music piece, and they're mm-hmm. actually fighting with these two classical music pieces. So I need to do some research on that sequence because that was a really cool sequence. Um. They fight using sheet music and a bunch of other spells. Sinister Strange gets his butt whooped. Doctor Strange gets a hold of the Darkhold and starts brainstorming a way to get back. He can't really travel back to his Earth because he can't travel the multiverse right now. Not without America. So he he grabs this universe's Darkhold and starts working out how to dreamwalk. He dreamwalks. Well, he does this while pissing off the souls of the damned. And he asks Christine to use the big cannon thing that he almost blew himself up with in the first movie that he was looking into. The one, like, the first Doctor Strange movie, there's, like, this artifact that's briefly mentioned that, like, shoots stuff. It's like a, it's like a urn, but it's basically a gun with magical energy. Um, he, you know, she uses that to kind of keep an eye on him, but he start he wakes up the souls of the dam, they chase him through the dreamwalk plane, he dreamwalks into the body he buried in that roof earlier in the movie, back on our earth. He repossesses the Defender Strange body, um... Turn, manipulates the souls of the dam and turns them into extensions of himself so this is like demon strange it looks sick on screen it looked amazing um he flies to mount wondagore fights wanda for a little bit he frees wong together they're able to contain her for a little while he's able to free america chavez from wanda's power extraction spell because wanda wants the power of america chavez so she can travel the multiverse to get to her kids um Doctor Strange realizes that he can't really defeat Wanda, but he knows America Chavez probably could because she can literally punch through the dimensional plane. So he says, okay, let's, you know, you, you got this. He inspires her. America figures out exactly what to do. She starts punching at Wanda. Wanda's blocking the punches, but that's not what America's trying to do. She throws a punch. It blows open the multiverse behind Wanda. Wanda looks, and she's in the living room on the earth she possessed that other Wanda in. And those kids are there. And basically, America lets Wanda try to bond with her kids. Because Wanda goes to bond with her kids. And the kids in that universe are scared of her. Her own children. And they choose that universe's Wanda over her. And that universe's Wanda, whom she dreamwalked in, kind of has this bonding moment with our Wanda. Where she's like, look, they're, they're okay. They're taken care of here. And it's kind of this emotional reconcile where Wanda finally gets over the majority of her grief. I don't think she's over all of it. I think she still battles with a great deal of regret in what are seemingly her final moments. Because she comes back over to the plane to our Earth. She tells everybody to kind of leave. 
Um, and then she collapses the giant Darkhold fortress on herself. Um, basically, like, she's seemingly dead. This fortress, by the way, was important. The, the reason she went to this fortress to begin with, I guess, to kind of backtrack a bit, is the, the Darkhold in her universe got destroyed when she was attacking the Sanctum Sanctorum earlier on in the movie, and the Darkhold book was translated from the scripts on the walls of this keep, so they traveled to the keep on top of the mountain. That's why she was there. That's the whole gist of why she was there. I just remembered that. It wasn't a very important detail, so I didn't understand it until I mentioned Darkhold Fortress. Um, after that, she collapses that, you know, basically seemingly kills herself and destroys the Darkhold on that Earth, so I mean, nobody can be corrupted by it again. Um, also, apparently sent out a spell that destroyed the Darkhold in every universe, so pretty much there, there, there's no chance of another Scarlet Witch fulfilling the, uh, a supposed prophecy that they would get corrupted by the Darkhold and destroy their universe. Um, pretty much make sure that will never happen again in the MCU whatsoever. They've destroyed the possibility of that happening. Um, wrapping up the movie, Doctor Strange and America Chavez and Wong go back to Kamartaj. They start rebuilding it. America Chavez becomes a student of Doctor Strange. I guess he's sort of the new mentor-protege relationship in this phase, like Tony Stark and Peter Parker were. It's going to be Doctor Strange and America Chavez now. Um, him and Wong kind of have a touchy moment about what defines, you know, are you happy? Which I think was really the whole point of the movie. It's like, hey, you know, you you know, you've made mistakes, you've made choices. You don't always have to be the one in the driver's seat. Do what makes you feel happy, but feel free to let others take the wheel. Um, Doctor Strange goes out, like leaves, like visibly, like dresses up while and leaves the night for the first actual time in a while. Um, I mean, he leaves the sanctum, obviously, he lives the life outside of the sorcery, but, like, it seems like he's just hitting, hitting the streets, really, for the first time in a long time to just kind of go do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I, at the, the movie ends with him, like, sprouting a third eye, like the one that Sinister Strange had. And then, credits roll, mid-credits scene, um, he's walking down the street, his third eye is concealed because it's only visible when it's open, when it's closed, it just looks like a part of your forehead. Um, he meets, and then, like, as he's walking, a portal to the Dark Dimension from the first movie gets sliced open in front of him. Out comes Charlize Theron, playing Clea from Doctor Strange's, like, wife in the comic. She comes out of the, of the portal, um, says, hey, I'm in trouble, there's been something going on, like, they need your help, are you scared? Doctor Strange whips his scarf off, it turns back into the Cloak of Levitation, he opens his third eye, and says, let's go. And then that's where the mid-credit scene ends. Is so he's off with his future wife in the dimension. They're doing they're doing shenanigans there, fixing whatever's obviously wrong. Post-credit scene: Pizza Papa, who is still getting the absolute jizz kicked out of him by his hand. Um, basically, he's finally free of the spell. He looks right at the camera and says, "I'm free." And I guess it's more of a callback to um. Dead, which is really cool. I'm glad Sam Raimi gave Bruce Campbell time in the spotlight. Um, but that wraps up the movie. Um, did I miss anything, Billy? I think you got like the main details. Uh, there were a couple things I wanted to give some thoughts on uh, that were a bit uh, glossed over. Uh, not anything like super like major like plot details. Just a couple like lines. Um, let's see. I-, I thought that the line given it during like the the zombie strange fight that you're gonna have to do more than kill me to kill me was like a really weird but cool line 
um like it, it doesn't really make sense like on its own but within the context of the movie itself i think it was pretty cool um i was a little disappointed that during the the sinister strange like before that fight like they didn't say the things just got out of hand thing from the the trailer like i was listening for it and it just never showed up which i was a little disappointed at but uh but i guess that's it's not a huge thing um i can't think of like a lot of other really important things that i wanted to mention since you already got the main details uh the midi credits like scene or no i'm sorry like the ending part where like he gets a third eye uh that was like a part that i really didn't like uh, for some reason i didn't have that much of a problem with it when the sinister strange character had that um, but for him, it just for some reason, I didn't really like it. Like, obviously, it's not natural because, like, that's not something that people have. Um, but, like, it just didn't look right to me. And I, I just don't like that part. And I kind of hope that doesn't come back later. I, I just don't like it visually. That That's really all there is. I don't really have, like, a great reason behind it, I guess. Yeah, it, it looked a little weird seeing the third eye but i mean it's a thing in the comics it's just it's not open like constantly he uses it like it, I mean, it provides a very special function i guess i just mm -hmm. I don't, can't remember quite off the top of my head what that function is so yeah i, I don't know either so it's it, i don't think it's a big deal i'm sure it'll be important later but I, it doesn't really matter much now um i i was kind of thinking though i just have like two like main like questions i wanted to ask uh you before we end the episode uh, one of them was, what like kind of story do you like more in regards to this universe specifically? Uh, like ones where there are characters from other universes that come into the main one, like in Spider-Man No Way Home, or do you prefer the one where a character from the main one goes into other universes, like in this one? I think because the Mar it's still right now they haven't rebranded it to the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse and I doubt they're going to so I think for the sake of this universe they should and I would prefer it if they did so I guess like, you could say I like this kind of story if they stuck the characters from I guess the 616 or this earth because that way our story is central and there's a reason for all these characters to get together for these big ensembles obviously there's no new Avengers movie planned Kevin Feige has gone on record to say that they're done making Avengers movies. I guess it's going to be more like the comics, where um, where characters just kind of cross over into each other's stories. It's about to get really convoluted in that sense. And you'll see that with Thor Love and Thunder and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, because Thor and the Guardians will cross over into each other's movies a little bit. Right. So they will. So you're going to start to see a little more of the comic-esque, okay, well... This character's having a big character arc. This character's come over to help. You're going to see more of that. So if you want to follow a particular character, you're going to have to start keeping an eye on what movies are involved in. And I think that's where Marvel has to be now. Is you can no longer, with the MCU going forward, you're going to run out of time. or You're, you're not going to really have the ability to just follow every single piece of media because eventually there's just going to be so much. You know, it's going to get really saturated really quick. Um, so you're going to have to pick a character to be your anchor to the universe and just follow that character. And then if a character references an event in a movie, you can go back and find that event and watch it. I think that would be the way to go. And then, you know, eventually, you know, if you follow enough references or if you decide you want to follow those breadcrumbs, you would fill out your knowledge of the universe. 
I don't think I would like stories where characters from the multiverse came into the MCU like as main characters, as protagonists. Because as much as I love Tobey Maguire, as much as I love Andrew Garfield, they have, aside from our, our Peter, Tom Holland, can stack up against the MCU villains because he dealt with them. He fought Thanos. Okay. They have fought downgraded villains, and it wouldn't make sense for them to get a sudden power scale increase because they came from the hard universe. And so the properties and the values and stuff like that would get flipped around and the scaling of things would be different. People start critiquing prior installments and it would get really messy really quick. That's just one issue I can see. There's probably a, a gluttony more of, of issues that would be a significant problem. Okay, that makes sense. I, I didn't really think about it quite like that. Um, I, I personally like the idea of like the Spider-Man No Way Home one, where there's other characters going into the main one. Um, like I, I'm, I'm okay if like the Spider-Man characters, like the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield ones, like I'm okay if they don't really return, uh, since they had already shown up in that I movie. Like, so. I like multiversal variants as supporting characters. I just, I, I couldn't see them being like the protagonists entering the MCU in their own way. I don't think that 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 should ever be a thing. Yeah, that I, I think I can agree with that. Uh, I don't know if that'll be like. I don't think that'll be too much of a problem. I think that they'll probably stay with the main characters that are already in that world first. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe they won't. But um, I think I, I think they'll probably handle it pretty well and not make it weird like how you mentioned. Mm. And, uh, uh, you said you had two questions. Uh, yeah, I was I was trying to remember what the other one was. I, I'm sure I'm probably going to remember what it is after the episode is over. But oh no no no, I remember I remember what it is. So um, I, I was going to ask your opinion on this, and I'll, I'll I'll let you know my opinion on this first, so you have a little bit of time to think about it. Um, I kind of think that a lot of like the post credit scenes of a lot of the Marvel stuff it hasn't like gone anywhere, and I'm I think it's a little bit like convoluted almost at this point like i'll give examples of what i mean so at the end of like uh loki for example like there was the whole kang the conqueror who had died uh, oh, okay that specific version of him rather uh, and presumably he's going to be back in ant-man and the wasp quantumania but so far there's no like mention which i guess it makes sense they don't like mention him because most characters don't know about him but like he's like a loose thread um for a while there was the black widow like the loose thread at the end of that of like one of the characters trying to like find hawkeye um there's the ending of i guess the captain falcon and the winter soldier where there's i don't even remember her name like trying to like recruit people uh for some sort of like other team um that hasn't really gone that many places besides like the black widow ending scene um there's there's the one at the end of Eternals where there's the Kit Harrington's character. I don't remember his name exactly. Um, but but he's getting this like family sword and then whoever it is that is supposed to be playing the actor for Blade, uh, like the main character there, like he says something, but that's kind of like a loose thread. Um, there's the Spider-Man No Way Home thing that the ending of that is just like the 
the symbiote, which I guess will probably be another Spider-Man movie. There's the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, where there's the main character talking with uh, Captain Marvel and the Hulk. There's just, like, a lot of things here that, like, don't get resolved. Like, there's so many of these, like, loose threads that I, I kind of feel like it's not, not quite, like, annoying, but, like, there's so much to keep track of, and I feel like it, it's not going anywhere, and I kind of wish that some of that actually would. Like, do you have much of a problem with that like I do? With, 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 so, so you're, so I guess to sum it up, you're worried about the cutscenes being too important to the story. Uh, yeah, like, I'm, it's not so much like the importance. I'm just thinking like there's so many like post credit scenes that haven't like that haven't done anything. Yeah. Like there's no serviceable like way of doing anything with them. Like okay. it just it's a little bit weird for me. Like how none of I get, not, I, sorry. I get where you're coming from. The the, the post credit scenes were more important because back back before Endgame. Like, there's a very noticeable drop off in the quality of the end credit scenes between, you know, the before end game and then the after end game. Before end game, every post credit scene built towards a project that was immediately coming out in the future, or was coming out like after the project you were watching. Like, you could have like the event, like Age of Ultron's post credit scene with Thanos going to get the Infinity Gauntlet. Not only did it follow up to the Thanos post credit scene in the first Avengers, but everybody had already knew that Infinity War was on the way out at that point. Like, it was coming out in, you know, within the next three to, you know, three years after that movie at that point. So, now you knew that things were going to start moving and Infinity Stones were going to start popping up more regularly, and sure enough, they did. After Civil War, you had, you know, you had the time stone popped up in Doctor Strange. The, the reality stone had already popped up. The power stone popped up a little bit before Age of Ultron. Like the Infinity Stones started showing up, and like they started becoming more prevalent in the story. Um, other other great examples. I think I think the best example is Thor Ragnarok's mid credit scene. Thor and Loki hanging out on the ship. They look up. Thanos' ship is right there. And the next movie coming out after Black Panther was Infinity War. And that picked up right at the start on that ship. So, and uh, and now you have these new post-credit scenes after the fact. Like I just watched, you know, the Moon Knight finale, you know, almost a week ago, two weeks ago now. And um, I think it was a week ago on Wednesday. On Wednesday it'll be two weeks. But um, they introduced. The, the, have you watched Moon Knight? Uh yes. Okay, this is a spoiler for Moon Knight if you haven't seen it. If you haven't watched Moon Knight, this is your chance to stop and go watch. And I mean, watch all of it. It's great. It's a little wacky, but it's great. Um, they introduced Jake Lockley, and they and they dropped this huge bombshell for the future of the character in regards to and this is you know what is obviously going to be a great internal struggle. And then they announced that not only is there not really going to be a season two of Moon Knight, but we don't know when Moon Knight's going to pop up in the MCU again, and when he'll be a lead in his own story again. So we don't know if this awesome post-credit scene with a great premise for a future show or movie is going to have any relevance. Hawkeye did a pretty okay post-credit scene because it did the musical and it was Christmas time, it was festivist. The show itself wasn't meant to be connected to anything else. It was meant to be a grounded, character-driven journey. We got that. Hawkeye did fine. Um, so I don't know. There's definitely been a drop. In, I think they need to really die down with like 
with with the use of the um with the post credit scenes, or at least they need to make them more narratively tight and important to the story. Um, Eternal dropped the keys for Black Knight at the end of its credits, and first of all, half half of the MCU moviegoers don't know who Black Knight is, and the same half of those MCU moviegoers don't know that it was Blade who was talking to him in that cutscene. Blade has a movie coming out in a couple of years. But that doesn't matter because that's a couple years away, and 18 different Marvel projects are going to saturate our brains before that comes out. Mm-hmm. Every, I don't think they need to be outright Spider-Man No Way Home trailers in the post-credits for the next movie, but there does, there does need to be a tease for concepts moving forward in the MCU. Because right now everything feels really fast and loose, and I know COVID messed up release schedules and made things move around. They've changed this and changed that. But they really gotta tighten. They gotta they gotta nail down all these pieces again. They gotta take a breath and get everything narratively structured to where it needs to be. That way the plot becomes easier to follow. Because phase four will become easier to follow once everything can be strung together cohesively. Right now it can't. And I don't think I don't think phase four is going to. I think this this phase will wrap up without an ensemble movie and we'll just go right to phase five. And then phase five will be narratively more tight because most of phase four had already been planned out and kind of lined up before COVID. So they got kind of messed up by a pandemic. I do think phase five, if there is one, will be significantly better than phase four. Yeah, I, I would certainly hope so. I guess, like, my thing, like, phase along with what I mentioned Phase prior. 4 isn't as bad as Phase 2. I will say that. Phase 2 is phase two wasn't bad, but it did have Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World and Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, they aren't bad movies, but they're certainly the worst of their respective breeds. Yeah, makes sense, I guess. I can I can agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mean like compl- like to end the podcast episode on a complaint. I just don't know how they're realistically gonna fit like the ending characters of Harry Styles as Thanos' brother and the Blade cameo character, uh, along with the Shang Chi connection. It's so bloated right now. Yeah, it, it, I just don't feel like. I don't realistically see how they can fit all these end credits like scenes that are supposed to have some importance all together before all the movies in this uh, phase are done. So I just feel like it's it's kind of overloaded on stuff that they're planning on, but aren't actually like tying into. There's no ensemble plan. There's no end game for all of these plot threads. And if there was, I'd hate that. I'd hate to have to write the movie where you have to tie all these loose ends up because that would be an awful movie. That would be horrendous. It would It would be terrible. So I don't I don't know I don't to, to not end it on a complaint on my end. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as a movie as a film is is solid. It's a solid entry in the MCU. It's not the best. It's far from the worst. Um, we're 28 movies into this into this cinematic universe now, so it is you know. Um, is superhero fatigue setting in on my end? I don't think so because you know this movie kept it original it wasn't just a rehash of the same concept it was something different it, i do feel it fell into the classic sequel trope of serving more as they get character development for main character from point a to point b it didn't revolutionize the franchise in any way it wasn't totally game changing as much as there was fan service there it wasn't totally as game changing as no way home was it definitely didn't change being like um I mean, Shang-Chi did okay. Eternals kind of changed the game a little bit. 
mainly because of just the, I mean, the whole celestial thing going on with that movie. Um, I'll give I'll give Multiverse of Madness a seven and a half out of ten. Could it have been better? Yeah, I think a lot of it was left on the cutting room floor. But it was a serviceable, fun Sam Raimi flick. It advanced Doctor Strange's character development. It finally brought Charlize Theron into the MCU. Gave us great fan service and just passed. It just kept the momentum going. And I'm excited for Thor because Thor should change. Thor should be a groundbreaking movie. Something different. Well, I would certainly hope so. Um, I, I guess I can end this on a positive note too. I'd probably give Doctor Strange in the Multiverse about or in Multiverse of Madness about like I'd say a nine out of ten. Um, like. Like I said, I don't like it as much as Spider-Man No Way Home. It's a little like hard to like do that in my opinion because I like it so much. Um, it's probably like the second, uh, like maybe not second favorite in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for me, but it's like definitely top five, I'd say. Um, I guess I just have one more question. This shouldn't take long, just to ask before we end things. Yeah. So uh, between Thor Love and Thunder, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man, The Wasp, Quantumania, Gardens of the Galaxies, Volume 3, uh, The Marvels, and The Fantastic Four. Uh, which ones do you plan on seeing in theaters? Well, if I have money and time, and I guess, you know, I, I'm at a general interest, I mean, I would probably see all of them, because, you know, why not? Um, and that's not like a, hey, I just randomly give Mar Mar Marvel my money. No, I'm not, I'm not a shill. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I just, you know, the franchise that been, I mean, I was a kid, I was like, I just turned it, I, I, no, I was still nine. I was nine years old when the first Iron Man came out. So for me, I, you know, I've grown up with this franchise. It is a part of my media life. You know? Um, but I'm also aware that there's more than it out there. I'm more of a MonsterVerse Godzilla fan than I am a Marvel fan. And I would go see a Godzilla movie versus a Marvel movie any day of the week. Um, I do like a lot of the. I do like what DC is trying to do, although I don't think DC is going to succeed at this point. They need to just kind of power down a lot of their excess franchises and focus on getting a Superman movie off the ground because they need a strong, marketable presence. I'll I will probably, hopefully, maybe go see four. Um, I can't say I would go see the Marvels. I just, I love, I love. The idea that they can get all of these characters associated with Captain Marvel Four into one movie, I'm okay with that. I'm not interested in it unless there's a promise that it's going to change the game. Unless there's something that absolutely makes me want to go see it. Um, I would probably go see Fantastic Four. I'm definitely going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. I've seen the past Ant-Man movies in theaters. I love Ant-Man. I think seeing Kang conquer on screen for the first time is going to be something lovable and amazing and I can't wait um Guardians Volume 3 I will probably go see I didn't see the first one in theaters but not the second one in theaters twice so I don't know I, I guess it just kind of depends on where I'm at with my life you know and my general interest in the movie I've definitely didn't see before um Guardians is up there Ant-Man is up there the rest are kind of hit or miss um yeah I don't know Okay. I, will say, I will say my general interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gone down, not so much based on just the general temperature like or anything. Just, and it's not because of this movie, just generally like where my life's at right now, I'm focused on a few other things. 
but I will follow along loosely. If I can't go see the movie, if I don't want to see it, I'll just look up the plot on Wikipedia. I don't care. I yeah, don't I never actually watched the the Doctor Strange movie. I've just been looking the Wikipedia yeah. page. Uh, that's my secret. Yeah, if I, if I if I if I feel like I need to keep up with it, or if I want to keep up with it, or if I want to get refreshed for it, I'll I'll do the reading. I don't care. Like it's 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 convenient. It takes five minutes. It gives you an idea of what's going on. And if and Wikipedia's got links, people like who edit the articles put the blue links to a topic you know, in the link, so it's like, oh, a new character's introduced, and they have this thing, you can click on that character's name and go read about that character, you know? Yeah. You can learn, you can get your information, figure out where things are going. So, and it takes five to ten minutes. You have the world's most powerful computer in your pocket, use it. So, yeah, I don't know. People are probably listening to this episode on that device that they can look it up on Wikipedia with. Yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you already had the spoiled for you and you want some more summary details to find the film rips on YouTube, go read it about it on Wikipedia. Um, Pirate Eggs Yarhar. Um, <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I could wrap it up and say confidently 7.5 out of 10. It's awesome. It was fun. Um, I don't think I'm going to go see it again, but it's not out of a general dislike. It's just I, I, I know what's going to happen now, and I'm excited for Thor, or I might see twice. All right. I think that's that's fair. I I'll, I might see the Thor one. I, I'm not I'm not like a huge like fan of of it. I, I, maybe I'll see it. I don't know. I'm not like gonna be too worried if I don't. I I don't think I'll see the Black Panther one. I wasn't like a big fan of the first movie. I saw the uh, first one. Yeah, it's yeah. I liked it. It's just not something I would really feel like I'd watch again. It's, like it's too, okay. it never. It's yeah, I, I'm. I might see the Ant-Man, the Wasp, Quantumania one. Um, again, it's not something that I'm like too interested in seeing, but I did like the Ant-Man ones as well, so I might. I will probably see the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, since I I did like the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first two, like especially the second one a lot. Uh, I don't think I'll see the Marvels, but I'll probably see the Fantastic Four one, just because I think that would be a just I feel like that would be cool to see them like finally show up like all of them in the same like main universe area so um that, that that's about it for me um was there anything else you want to mention or you want to end the episode now um I just want to say um can I plug something I'm involved with real quick because you know it would hurt to advertise that any listeners and it's actually for a good cause yeah Okay, so the Peninsula, Peninsula College is putting together, um, we're putting together a play up there. We're doing a rendition of Medea. Um, all the proceeds from that we make from this play, ticket sales and online purchases to get into the street, um, are $12. They go to the Clallam County, or the Healthy Families of Clallam County. Um, it's a charity, it's local. Um, it helps out with, with um, just keeping, you know, just, it's sort of like a just keeping everybody, you know, fed, healthy, warm, taking care of people. Um, and that's a lot of what the world needs these days, especially up here. So um, if you guys are interested in seeing a play of Medea, um, and if you don't know what Medea is, it's a tremendous play. It's ancient Greek tragedy. It's amazing. Um, please, for the love of God, look into it. Um, I will communicate with my with my cohorts in the play and let them know that I advertise here so they can kind of send links out to this podcast so that way they can come here for the advertisement and the if they want to see it. Um, 
lot more on it. Um, but basically, it's a play that it, you know all the proceeds are going towards charity that helps out locally, and I think it's a play where it's a it's a pretty relevant topic. It's about divorce, you know, it's about the way to divorce and destroy family, and how nobody really wins, and the children definitely lose. So please check out, please, please, please look into it, check it out. Um, I will throw Billy the details for it, and then he, if he wants to put a link in the description, he can. Um, yeah, I can. That's, that's all I gotta say. I love being on this podcast. Really, thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime. Yep, I'm, I'm glad you like being on it. I, I certainly do. Otherwise, I wouldn't make the episodes. So I'm glad you're on it. And uh, I'll be happy to see you or listen to you on another one of one of these times. I, I, I don't know when. But uh, go check out the play when that comes out. Uh, do you know when that's coming out, you said? Um, we are we are selling out. We are, we are doing tapings for the streams later this month, probably end of May. Um, we are doing a full packed house selling at the Pirate Union building up on the Peninsula College campus. Um, we will be selling all seats. That is June 4th. On June 10th through June 12th, that is when the stream, that is when the play will be available to be streamed on the, on the website. I am throwing, um, let me, I have the event by link right here. I can throw it to, yeah, right here. I will throw this link to... Uh, coffee link. I will service the Billy's on the thing. Uh, yeah, but we are streaming the play on. Uh, I think it's Eventbrite right now. We will be streaming it June 10th through June 12th. And again, all proceeds from both ticket sales and the stream are going towards healthy families of Clown County. Um, so please, 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 at least you know, look into the look into it if you can. If you can't make it, tell your friends, tell people who you know, tell everybody. You know, that's that's your enemies. Spread the word. Your friend of me. Yeah, tell your enemies to not watch it because then they're gonna do reverse psychology. And be like, if my enemy says not to watch it, that means it must be good, and then they're gonna watch it. Right? That yeah, works. That's kind of how it works. I would hope so. All right. Well, uh, thank you for telling us about that. I will be glad to put that in the description of the podcast so people can watch that when it happens uh thank you people for listening to our epic review of the movie um watch it or or don't uh either way is fine but we recommend you do yeah all right well another time all righty later everybody oh yeah <laughs>